You got the copy of the thing you need? She's going to grab something for me. We're going to do something neat uh, real quick. Um, Beast Feast, though, I mean, uh, Men's Retreat, guys, if you haven't been, I want to encourage you to go. It's so cool. Um, There's something about when a bunch of of men get together and they worship. One thing that we struggle, a lot of guys struggle with is when we worship, we we get nervous about praying. We get because there's there's some vulnerability there. And uh, Men's Retreat. Uh, you go down there, and there's like a bunch of these like motorcycle guys, and there's these like uh, like Cajun dudes that look like they could kill you with a Bowie knife. You know, they look like they fight alligators every day. And then this craziest thing happens: they all they go to the altar, and you look around, you're praying, you're worshiping, you're looking around. All these dudes is crying, and you're like, "What?" And then you realize you're crying too. And so you know what? The power of God moves, and no matter how big and tough you are. When the Holy Spirit moves, it affects you. Come on. And so if you haven't been to men's retreat, I want to encourage you to go. It's, it's, so, um, it's so neat. Um, so we want to do something that we didn't get to do at our business meeting. Um, and uh, I want to have our board members come up to the front, if you guys will. And we're surprising you with this this morning. <laughs> And if y'all will just just stand in front of the altar here, um, board. When they're these guys and and Miss Vicky is not here this morning, um, but it's a it's a big deal. Uh, Brother James is not here as well. Um, this is ministry. This is leadership, and what they do is not just sitting in with this crazy pastor once a month at a board meeting. Um, it's it's real ministry and it's tough ministry sometimes. And so what we want to do, um, we, we actually, uh, when we, you know, we, we went through this constitution and we changed some things and uh, we put an oath um, of office for our, our board members in here. And I want to read this and then I want us all to pray for our deacons. Can we do that? Um, and it says, with God's help. I will faithfully uphold the purpose and provisions of the Constitution and bylaws of this assembly. Lead by example with active participation in church services and events. Prayerfully work in harmony with all members of the official board to execute business of the church. And promote the spirit of Christian love and fellowship among the membership. And y'all, that is so, so, so important. All those things we just read. And I think that you all agree to do those things. You're already doing them. So I'll tell you what, will you do something? Will you rate, just, just stretch your hand out towards these, uh, these leaders? And let's just pray together. God, I just pray right now that you, uh, that you just uh, send the Holy Spirit to surround these, these leaders, God, and even the one that are not here right now. God, but uh, I want you to bless them, God, with your presence. Bless them with perseverance. God, peace in their homes. We know that Satan will attack those in leadership, those that are out there building the kingdom of God. He will fight against and he will attack. I, I, God, I pray that you send them protection. God, that you be with them, that you lead them. God, that you grow them to know you better. God, to know you with a stronger relationship, to to see uh, meanings in your word, God, that maybe they didn't see before. Just be with them, God. Grow, uh, enhance your relationship with them. Bless them with your presence. And in the name of Jesus, we pray all together. Come on. Amen. Thank you, board members. Yeah, come on. Thank you, leaders.
So we're on week two of our series, Alpha and Omega, uh, the beginning and the end. If you look up Revelation 22, verse 13, it says, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, the first and the last. And so last week, uh, we... we uh, shared a message uh, talking about um, what the Bible says, some of what the Bible says about creation, about the beginnings of our universe. And if you're like me, you geek out about that kind of stuff. And I would love to have a three and a half hour long conversation with you if you'll buy me lunch um, about those kind of nerdy things. But today, I want to visit about the and, okay? Alpha and Omega, how many times have you gotten stuck in the middle? Come on. When we get ready to go somewhere, we have this big, uh, this big departure. We go through the house. We look, did I get my phone? Did I get my wallet? Do I have my car keys? We go through all those things. We have this big departure. Sometimes we pack. Sometimes we go through all these things and then we leave and we're thinking about the destination, but a lot of work and a lot of time goes into the in-between. Come on. And that's a, the, the in-between is very important. Uh, the journey, come on, is an important part. Uh, it, it maybe is even more important than the destination sometimes because it builds you, it grows you. If you'll turn to Genesis 3 with me, I want to show you some things. It's real easy. It's at the front of the book. You go past your, your, your grandma's name where she gave you that Bible, and it should be right there. Look up Genesis 3, and we're going to talk about the fall of man. And we're going to, I'm going to drop a little theology on you today, if that's okay. Uh, all right. I have permission. So we're going to do that, and uh, we're going to try to be brief this morning. Um, I do want to invite you to come to Elevate this evening at 6 p.m. Pastor Monica is going to be bringing a message. And y'all, let me tell you something. Uh, it's a reason we don't let Pastor Monica preach out here on Sunday mornings. Because y'all be like, JB who? I mean, when she gets going, she gets going. Get out the way, devil. It's, it's about to happen. So y'all come hang out this evening at 6. She's going to bring it. And uh, I'm excited. So. Genesis 3 verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Okay, so some things happen here, and we're going to kind of jump. We're going to do a little time jump. All right, so they eat, the, they eat this fruit. They were not supposed to do that. You may ever do something you weren't supposed to do. Let's be real today. We'll have an altar call later. They were not supposed to do that. God said don't do that. But the serpent who was crafty, got too close. And, and I want to come back to this idea later, but some of us 
are letting serpents get too close. And let me tell you something. I like snakes. I'm scared of them, but I like them. And I, I think they get a bad rap sometimes, but this one was a little different, okay? And so this was not a, a uh, little garter snake that you find in your garden, all right? But sometimes we let the serpent get too close, all right? And so um, let's skip to verse 11. God is, they have, uh, they, they've been found out. God finds them. They, they, they hear him coming. The sound, the Bible says, is like a, a rushing wind. That uh, signifies the presence coming through the trees. The, the leaves are rustling. They know that God's coming. They run. They hide. But he finds them, uh, the first hide-and-seek champion of the world. In verse 11, he says, who told you that you were naked? They hid. He says, why are you hiding? They said, because we is naked. He says, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, y'all watch this. Look at this. The man. The man said, uh, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit. And I ate it. And, and Eve is over here going. Y'all ever been? I said we was going to have an altar call. So he says, God, she gave it to me. And she, oh, man. So let's go on. Let's not get stuck on this. So. I mean, he's the first husband. Like, come on, dude. You can't, like. It's a marriage conference coming up in Minden. If y'all want to go, <laughs> we'll go. It's going to be fun. It's at first assembly. Their pastor is cool. He has a beard. All right. Then the, <laughs> then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. This what just happened is what we call the fall or the fall of man. Okay, now let, let's talk about God's nature for just a minute. God is holy, okay? And, and one way that we can think about this is the sun, okay? Uh, and, uh, in fact, uh, a lot of ancient people, that's how they described God's holiness was like the sun, okay? Uh, the sun, there's nothing like it. In our system, okay, it is essential for life. However, if you were to get too close to the sun, you would die, all right? Some of us go fishing, and we get home, and we look real like a lobster. And it's real cool when you've been wearing your shades all day because you take them off, and, you, and you've got this line, and you can't get that off, and you've got to go to work. And people make fun of you. But listen, uh, God created us in his image and as supernatural beings living in a natural world. Come on, you're, you're a supernatural being. Did you know that? Listen, you are a, a soul. That's what you are. And that's what Jesus died to redeem. Come on, you're eternal. All right, so uh, supernatural beings living in a natural world, but chaos, we love to use that word here, chaos. And the reason why I use chaos so much is because it, 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 
it shows so many things. When, when you see somebody that's got issues in their life, in their marriage, in their job, you can say, that's chaos. Because listen, God brings order to chaos. All right. And so when we get away from God, we get out of the plan. We get out of the will of God. All of a sudden we wake up and we're surrounded by chaos. All right. And so chaos was introduced into our nature when our when our ancestor, Adam, sinned. Hashtag. Thanks, Adam. All right. So so God is holy. All right. And if we have this unclean nature, we have this sin in our um, in our heart, in our lives. We can't uh, we can't be in the presence of God. That's why some some somebody might think, well, that's kind of harsh, man. God kicked them out. They couldn't be with him. They couldn't be in his presence. They literally would die. And so for a long time, uh the ancient Hebrew people, they wondered about this. And they, they talked about one day getting back to God's presence. And, and they had a temple and a tabernacle and all these different things. But one day, the prophet Isaiah had a vision. And he woke up in this vision. And he realized he was in the presence of God. And he said, whoa, wait a minute. I'm going to die. Because I'm in God's presence and I'm a, I'm a sinful person. But there was an angel, and the angel took a, a piece of coal from the throne that God sat on, and he pressed it to Isaiah's lips in this vision, and it purified him. Come on, let me tell you something. When Jesus died on the cross for you, it was so that you could be pure, and so that you could be in the presence of God. All right, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, so the fall, we explained that. Uh, chaos. Uh, will attack your plans. How many of you have ever had a plan and chaos got right in the middle of it? Some of y'all have kids, so I know what your answer is already. Uh, you get ready to go. That's why sometimes Brittany and I come running in here and uh, it's like, hey, you guys got here like literally 36 seconds before it's time to start. And it's like, we got kids, okay? Listen, sometimes chaos gets all up in the middle of our plans, all right? Maybe you had a plan to grow in your field. Maybe you had a plan to grow on your job and chaos happened and messed up that plan. Come on, let me tell you again that God can bring order to chaos, we talked about God's design and his planning last week, that he had plans for us even before time began. You see, creation was set just right. God doesn't create a mess, all right? Listen, it was just right. He fine-tuned it exactly the way it should be. We talked about this when Mackenzie, I had Mackenzie do the, uh, do the illustration where she was shooting at this little target. Listen, God had it just right, but something happened and chaos was introduced into the plan. Revelation 12 talks about a dragon, and this dragon is Satan. And, and he rebelled against God and incited a war in heaven. And when he, was, when he lost, he was thrown down to earth, and a third of the angels went with him. Okay? His chaos marred this creation. Chaos can totally ruin a plan if you let it. 
And some of us have got to get away from chaos. We've got to get away from chaotic situations. And let me tell you something. Sometimes you've got to get away from chaotic people. Listen, and you can love them from a distance, but when you get up on them, you get right there with them, their chaos will bring you down as well. And sometimes the best thing for you to do is back up and pray. We got to get away from chaos. Um, man, sometimes you, you see somebody and you see them starting to get into it, starting to, to kind of flirt with chaos. What, if I date him or her, they'll get into church. You said what? Man, don't mess with that. Don't mess with chaos. Listen, chaos will consume you. All right? And, and I'm so thankful that God is big enough and strong enough and perfect enough to bring order to chaos. But the second that you think you can do that yourself is the second that you start to mess up. In Acts 16, the apostle Paul was on his way to a gathering of believers. Y'all watch this. He was on the way to church. This is going to blow you up. He was on his way to church when he was met by a girl who was possessed by a spirit. And the Greek word describing the nature of the spirit is pythos, python, okay? Which was the name of a serpent god who was worshipped in a nearby city. She tried to stop Paul from getting to the gathering of believers by harassing her until he stopped and turned around and he said, get out of her spirit in the name of Jesus. There are some of us who are getting messed up. We want to get closer to God. We want to learn more about Jesus. We want to get better in church. We want to volunteer. We want to do all these things, but we got too close to this python serpent. Come on. And so we get, we're on the way. And the thing he wants to do when you start to get on the way and you start to work in the church and you start to volunteer and you start to pray more, the thing he wants to do is distract you. What do we say in the church? He can't, he can't defeat you, but he can distract you. And so as Paul is going, he's getting ready to minister. People's lives are going to be changed. And it's Python says, whoa, wait a minute. Hey, come here. Come here. She followed him down the road, spouting curses and lies and accusations. How many of you have ever had something follow you, reminding you of how you failed, Jimmy, how you failed, Clayton, how uh, you, you messed up this one time in your life, and I'm going to keep bringing it up. How many of us have had those things follow us? you got to turn around. Let me tell you this. I'm going to give you a battle plan right now. When you are faced with something like that, it's following you. It's in the back of your head. You can feel it getting too close, breathing on you. Don't breathe on me. I will freak out. Listen, I freaked out even before COVID. It's, on, it's right up on you. You turn around and you say, in the name of Jesus, you get away from me. And that's what you've got to do. When you've got a serpent that's trying to get up against you, do you know how a python kills its prey? Listen, it's called constricting. And what happens is the serpent will wrap itself around. They, they don't move real fast. I mean, they grab you. This never happened to me. 
but I watch Animal Planet. And they, they wrap up. And whatever they're wrapped around, every time it breathes out, it wraps a little tighter. Breathe out again, wraps a little tighter. Until there's a point where whatever this thing has cannot breathe again. And all life is gone. Some of us are getting wrapped up right now. And you're letting little things, listen, it doesn't, these movements by this, by this serpent, they're not huge, they're small. But enough of those small constrictions will kill something. And some of us are having the life choked out of our spirit by small constrictions. And it's time for you to turn around and say, in the name of Jesus, you stop. You get away from me. And I want to tell you something really neat. God is so good. So, <laughs> we got to turn around, tell that thing to stop. And we need to call on the name of not, listen, not, we get to call Jesus. But you, you know what? The first time that God mentions uh, what we call a messianic prophecy in the Old Testament, telling about this Messiah that's going to come as a redeemer. He calls him a snake crusher. So the third thing we're going to talk about today as we begin to close is redemption. Genesis 3, 14. This is right after the fall. Listen, God doesn't wait around. When we are in a place where we're messed up, where we're in danger, God doesn't just wait around and just say, well, maybe they'll be okay. That's not what he does. He wants to rescue us. Come on. Genesis 3.14 says, The Lord God said to the serpent, He looked at the very thing that attacked his kids. Come on, we're God's children. He looked at the very thing that attacked. And he said, because you have done this, cursed above you, above all, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Watch this. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head. The New International Version says he shall crush your head, and I love that word, and you shall bruise his heel. God's talking about Jesus, the snake crusher, the serpent crusher. Listen, I said it, I like snakes. If you have a pet snake, don't get mad at me. But there are spiritual serpents. There are python spirits that will wrap you up, and you got to call on that snake crusher. Chaos will show up when you least expect it. It will show up in the midst of your success. It will show up in the midst of your happiness. It will show up in the midst of your marriage. It will show up in your children's lives. It will show up as an addiction, as scars, as sickness, 
All of these things constrict us, even as believers. But Jesus, the serpent crusher, he came and he fought for us. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to his riches and grace. Now, I want to I say something really quick. There is theology here, and this version says adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. And some people struggle with that. Sons? What about daughters? Let me tell you something. In the culture that this was written to, the son got it all. All the inheritance. Let me tell you something. Every last one of us gets to have all the inheritance. Son, daughter, doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. The failures of your past don't define you when you lean on Jesus, when you lean on redemption. Come on. When you lean on his promises, the inheritance is yours. And so to bring it all together here, When sin entered the hearts of man, we had to get away from God. We couldn't be in his presence because he's holy and we were not. When Christ died on the cross, there was a curtain in the temple. And this curtain was placed in between uh, two areas of, of the temple. One area was uh, the place where God's presence would be. And only the priest could go in there, and there was a lot of rituals. And if anything happened wrong, he would die. He actually had to wear a rope. So if he died in that place, they could pull him out. No pressure. <laughs> Welcome to work today. You might die. Here's your rope so we can pull you out. Um, when Christ died on the cross... And bought our redemption with his blood. You know what happened? That curtain, that veil was torn. And listen, it wasn't just this little flimsy $5 curtain that the temple decorator bought at Walmart. This was a heavy duty thing. Ripped. So we have access to the presence of God through redemption, through Jesus. And I want to challenge you this morning. If you have walked away from God's presence, if you've walked away from Christ, or maybe you say, Pastor, 
I want to have a better relationship with Christ. I'm going through chaos in my life, and I need someone that can bring order. I need someone that can step on a snake's head for me because I can't do it. And you're fighting these battles, and you just you feel like you can't win. You're treading, and you know that I can tread this water for some time, but eventually I'm not going to be able to do it anymore. I want to tell you something, that there is hope. And there is victory in Jesus. And what do we do? We call on his name. We say, Jesus, come rescue me. And so I want to do something right now. All around this room, would you stand with me? And there are some of us here, and you've been serving God for a long time. Some of y'all were serving God, taking care of me in a nursery. And that was, that was real hard service, I know. <laughs> but listen, I never want to stop growing in my relationship with Christ. And so I want us all to pray right now. You know what? You may not know Jesus. You may not have the peace in your heart that he brings. Or you may, have been, you may be a warrior that's been fighting for decades. But guess what? We can always grow. So all around this room, I just want to just, just pray together. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to say your own words. I want you to call out to him on your own. But if you will, all around this room, if you want to bow your head, close your eyes, raise your hand, whatever you want to do, just call out to him this morning. Jesus, thank you for being a redeemer. God, for stepping on the head of a serpent for me. Thank you for fighting for me and for my family, for winning that ultimate battle for my soul so that I can face tomorrow, so that I can face chaos and know that your peace is better and know that your peace will always stand. God, even when things fall apart, when I don't understand, I can still lean on you. And God, when people come to me and say, why did this happen? I could still show them your face and show them your peace and the way to peace. Even when my nation fights against itself, when people hate each other, I can still look at you and see true love. Jesus, thank you. Redeemer, thank you victorious warrior, thank you. I will call upon your name. Jesus. If you're in this place right now, I want you to do that. Just, just that one name. If you'll just say it, Jesus. There is power in that name. There is power in the name Jesus. And I want you to remember that as we leave this place this morning, I want you to remember that just like Paul, when he was on that road and this demon, this spirit of Python came to accuse him and lie to him, he turned around and he said, in the name of Jesus, stop. 
I want you to remember that. Come on, Christian. As you walk, I want you to remember that you can pray in the name of Jesus for sickness, for situation. Come on. There's nothing that he's not bigger than. There's nothing that's going to take him out. You're not going to hand him something and he says, whoa, I can't handle it. Can you take that back? So I want you to remember that. Come on. He fought for you. He died for you. He bought you with his blood, with a high price. Come on. The creator and the maker of the universe loved you so much that he redeemed you personally. That's powerful. No matter what the world throws at you, no matter what kind of accusation Satan throws at you, I want you to remember that. That my king fought for me because I matter to him. God, you're so good. Mm. And that's the middle. Next week, we're going to talk about God's plan for the future, a new beginning. But I want you to remember, when you're stuck in the middle and you, 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 you see that snake slithering around, you call on the name Jesus. So good. So good. Chief, would you do